You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to the Faith Roots Podcast. This is the Four Faces of Love, episode 12. Our text is coming from Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, so let's go ahead and jump right in. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length, and that's what we're talking about this week, the length of the love of God and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, if you do not understand that love has four faces, if you only see one face of love, you will never have the fullness of God. The fullness of God in your life depends upon you seeing all of love's faces. Now, as we go back to the beginning, to the earliest pages of Genesis, chapter 2 in particular, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man, took the Adam, and put him into the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Uh, King James says, dress and keep it, but the word keep is the one I'm after here. The word in Hebrew for keep is shamar, which means to hedge about to guard, to protect, to attend to, to preserve. Let me read it to you in another couple of verses. 1 Samuel 2.9, here it is. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. In other words, God keeps his saints from stumbling and from walking into traps. And that is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, first, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 127, 1. Unless the Lord guards or keeps the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Once again, you see that word in Hebrew, shamar. It means to guard. It means to protect. And the second face of love is its face of protection, guarding. God's love protects We see it plain as day in Jesus when he said to Jerusalem, I would have guarded you like a hen takes her chickens under her wings, but you would not let me do it. So that means then that this guarding is conditional. And it's conditional based upon our obedience, our cooperation, and our believing of God's promises to protect. It's important that we know what belongs to us. Now, Adam had complete authority in planet Earth. When the serpent came to him, he was a creeping thing. God had given Adam authority over every creeping thing in the Earth. And so when the serpent came and tempted the woman, it was Adam's responsibility to deal with him. He's the one to whom God gave authority. God could have stepped in, but he didn't because God operates in integrity. And God's integrity demanded that he respect his creation. Now, one of the definitions of respect is to refrain from interfering with. Now, I found that out when I first got married. Deliva and I had a fight, and it was verbal. It wasn't physical, but she got mad at me, jumped in the car, 
and started back to her family's home. And it was about 25 miles away on a ranch. And I called her dad and I said, Frank, Deliva and I have had an argument. Uh, we can fix it. Uh, I know she's headed to you guys. I would appreciate it if you would tell her to come on back and let's talk this out. I think we can fix and solve this problem. He said, all right, William, we'll do it. Now, my father-in-law was a wonderful man, and if he thought for a minute that I was abusing his daughter, I would have been in trouble. He was a great big guy. But he also was not going to get involved in our spats, and that's something that a lot of parents don't do. They get involved in the spats, and I'm not talking about abuse and horrible treatment. I'm talking about arguments. And he refrained from interfering. And when she came back home, he said, you have to turn around and go back. You guys go back and work this out. That helped save our marriage. Had they entertained this, brought her in and started running me down, it would have been a terrible thing. And this is something that we have practiced with our own four children. We don't get involved in their arguments, disagreements. Now, I wouldn't hesitate if I thought one of my children was being horribly abused, but they're not. So the thing that I want you to see is because I respect them and respect the relationship that they have with their spouse, I do not interfere. You show me in-laws who interfere in the marriages of their children, I will show you a troubled marriage, if not a dissolved marriage. And it's because people don't have respect for the boundaries that God set. Jesus said it. He quoted it. Paul said it in Ephesians 5. Adam said it in the book of Genesis chapter 2. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. Now, I had to practice the same thing. My wife or my mother began to interfere in our marriage and begin to criticize my wife. I could have listened to that. I stopped her. I said, no more, no more. I'm not entertaining any of that. So don't bring any of that to me. And every time she started in, I shut her off. I wouldn't let her have a foot in my home to do that kind of thing. And it stopped it. Had I allowed her to do it, she would have continued to do everything in her power to drive a wedge between me and my wife. And this is something that I saw early on. It was something that happened quite frequently in our family. It was something that I knew that my grandparents had done to some extent or another. So what I want you to see is when you have respect, you refrain from interfering. You're careful about what you say. And so love guards. And God loved Adam, so he held back. Because he gave Adam the dominion. It's up to Adam to rebuke the devil. It's up to Adam to guard the Garden of Eden. Adam didn't do it. God knew he wouldn't do it, and yet he created him anyway. It is because God wanted mankind to have this wonderful thing called free moral agency. You know what that means? The power of choice. Had God interfered every time someone is about to make a bad decision... 
then you and I would lose our ability to choose. God doesn't do that. God will let us make bad decisions. Does he want it? Absolutely not. But he won't stop it. He will help you if you call it out to him in a time of temptation. But he is not going to make you do the right thing. That is your choice. So Adam had the responsibility to exercise authority. Now, Adam made the choice. One man. This seems a little unfair, doesn't it? That one man, one Adam, made the choice to sin for the whole world and brought sin into the world. But on the flip side, it also means that it only takes one man to obey God to redeem the world. And that's why God let one man make the decision to pass the world into sin because it would only take one man to flip the world and to pass it to eternal life for all who choose. So this is the amazing love of God, the link that he goes to, to preserve our choices and to rescue us from the darkness of our choices. So all of those actions in the Old Testament that God did, they were all done to guard. God wanted to guard the creation. Actually, the flood was God guarding and protecting the world. There would have been no righteous people had God not intervened at the time of Noah. And so even though a large number of people perished, they perished because they chose to perish. They would not have turned had they, uh, uh, had they heard everything. They didn't return to God. They didn't repent. They wanted to do what they did. And so God locked them up in the flood and that took them out. A whole new world came about as a result. They would have made it worse. Tower of Babel, same thing. Humanity gathered itself together. God let it go to a certain point. Then he stopped it. God stepped in and stopped it because he wanted to preserve and protect. Listen, God permitted Daniel to go to a lion's den. Why did he do that? It is because the people who were out to get Daniel would have stopped at nothing to get to him. God let it go and let it go. He didn't stop. He didn't stop them before they got it done. He didn't stop them in the middle of the process. He didn't stop them with the king who might have, say, given an order and said, I see what's going on here. You guys are jealous of Daniel. God let it go. And the reason is because he knew that nothing would change the hearts of the people who were out to kill Daniel. So God permitted them to go so far and they went too far and it wound up getting them thrown into the lion's den. Now, lest you think this is very harsh, let me just say to you this. Daniel and his people, the people of Judah, who were in captivity in the Persian Empire at the time, they have in their genes the Messiah. The Messiah is going to be born. The Savior of the world is going to come from them. They have to live. They have to survive. They have to thrive. They have to be freed and go back to the land that they came from in order for Messiah to be born in the nation of Israel. And so we see that God protected. He went to a great length. And all of these stories of the Old Testament, all of the wars and the battles and the deliverance and all of those things, all of those things are ways that God shows his character and God could have sent Messiah much earlier. He didn't. He wanted 
humanity to have a great picture of the Messiah. All of the commandments of the law, the sacrifices, all of those things were given to give us symbolic pictures of what Jesus would be, how he would look and act and talk, and what his death would represent. And so God wanted us to see the difference between darkness and evil. God wanted us to see the difference between people worshiping idols and people worshiping him. And so when the Israelites turned and worshiped idols, they suffered greatly. When they didn't, when they followed God, they saw God's great light. That is what guarding and protecting does. Guarding and protecting is a contrast. And you see that guarding and protection step in when the obedience is there. So if you want to see God's length of protection, you obey him. And if you obey him, if you be willing and obedient, the Bible says in Isaiah 1, you will eat the good of the land. And so God's blessing is conditional. God's love is unconditional. God will love you even though you're making horrible choices and choices to reject him. That's why God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Uh, you know, when Judas comes to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and he has betrayed the Lord, and he walks up and kisses Jesus. Jesus doesn't curse him. He doesn't say, boy, are you about to get it. He doesn't say that because Jesus isn't happy at what is about to happen to Judas. He takes no pleasure in that, but he knows it's going to happen. He knows Judas is going to suffer eternally. He knows it's going to be really bad, but he's not rejoicing in that. So God will protect and he will judge evil even when he loves evil people who are doing the wrong things. God will go to any length to protect his covenant folks. Well, that's all the time we have for this lesson, but we're not done. We'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.